Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. I'm all alone, just a face among the crowd with my head to the ground, hoping to be found. Someone save me, set me free, show me I'm worth it all. Catch me as I fall I need someone to love me as I am Someone who sees me, someone to need me Someone to hold me by the hand And tell me I'm worth the time my Hoping to love before I'm dead Instead I'm hoping for rain To hide the pain Someone save me Set me free Show me I'm worth it all Catch me as I Someone to love me as I am Someone who sees me Someone to need me Someone to hold me by the hand And tell me I'm worth the time I need someone to love me as I am Someone who sees me, someone to need me Someone to hold me by the hand And tell me I'm worth the time I need someone to love me as I am Someone who sees me, someone to need me Someone to hold me by the Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. That was Corey Singer with someone. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you guys doing? Hey. So like hey, Carl. This is, hello, Greg. This is this is episode 86. I know. Can you wow. believe it? Why I, is that now? Why why do they call it when you when like you know, let's 86 this guy? Like what what, what does that mean? <laughs> no, that's what we may find out before. <laughs> I, was, you know. I was born in 1986, so I mean <laughs> 86, don't... it's like adios, buddy. 86 is yeah. 86 from the bar. Yeah, yeah. I don't know right. what that means. We could go back and listen. Well, well, as our resident Googler, Nicole, as as I'm reiterating, yeah, there you go. find out why the term 86 means to get out or to get rid mm. of them. You know, there used to be a there used to be a book that I love that's out of print. It's been out of print for probably 30 years called A View from Nowhere. And it was all about bar culture and about cool bars and about how you could determine whether or not you were in a real bar or not. You know, it was a re- very funny book, really insightful. It was like things like if there was a living plant that's not a real bar, you know, right. uh, it, 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 really, if there was fried cheese, no, not a real bar, you know, 
But uh, I think they mentioned why it was 86 from mozzarella sticks from the bar. Yeah, right. I um, love mozzarella sticks. Uh, <laughs> what do you what do you what do you have for us, Nicole? So I have um, it's basically because of alcohol in the old west was a hundred proof. So when a patron was getting too drunk, the barkeeper would serve him a less pone eighty six proof, thereby eighty sixing him. Oh, oh cutting him off. Well, yeah, and then I can I can speak from experience that eighty six proof will do just fine. When I'm in my- <laughs> Final stages of getting thrown out of the ball. You know what I? You know what I say to that. Mm. Okay. Oh, baby, Carla's <laughs> back. No, baby, just Carla needs Greg, to be eighty-six. That just made my day. Her, <laughs> let's talk about Corey. So I like you. Nice, really nice voice. Grateful setup. Very, you know? like very smooth. It almost reminded me a little bit more just like the way he sounded that he's a little bit more like musical theater esque with how well I was going to say was. that but I don't know if that would insult him and No, Some it people- wouldn't because okay. he um was nominated for best vocal performance in 2013 for his role in Joe DiPietro's The Last Romance. So he okay. has a little bit of a musical theater background. So I think that uh, what you're hearing is just that full voice singing, right? And that was very popular in the 70s and you you know, a lot of amazing pop records were made with that kind of full voice. No, but he went to he went to a full settle though, and, and you yeah, know, it, it, it was really it was really strong. It wasn't like BG full right, settle. It right, was like right, a, right, yeah, in the in the choruses, and uh, I like what they've done. It would be it would be fun to have to hear him uh, sing with a more filled out ensemble. I'd like to hear what he could do in a like full-on 70s uh, pop band, right? He was in Metallica. <laughs> no, not Metallica, but if he was in uh, in the midst of some big orchestrations with full band and horns, you know, would be fun. Really? So anyway, we, I think we have, a, we have a new segment this week that we we're trying do. out. Yes, we do. Um, hold on. I th- this, by the way, this has not been approved by... <laughs> this is- <laughs> A new Nicole sneak, or Greg. We have so, no like, idea what's going to happen. A new sneak, a sneak peek, <laughs> sneak segment, which we made eighty six. It's called. It's called. Hold on. It's called Don Kushner's Junior Junior's This Day in Rock. <laughs> this day in rock. This day in rock. No kidding. Nineteen fifty. American actor, singer, songwriter David Cassidy. Best known for his role as Keith Partridge, <laughs> is born. The Partridge went on to have number one singles with I Think I Love You. Oh. And uh, that's it. This day in rock from Don Kirshner's uh, Junior As long Junior. as we get to have some things where like a- absolutely nothing happened on this day in rock. I'm actually a really, I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge David Cassidy fan. I thought he was really, really talented guy. Well, again, I think he suffered from because um, I, I, I did, I, you know, he, he suffered, wanted to be a rock star, right? Yeah. In the very beginning, like, in the very beginning, his mother or stepmother was uh, Shirley Jones. His yep. father was that Jack Cassidy. Yeah. yeah, Jack Cassidy. So, and I think he wanted to be a rock star, but then he just got this audition to be in this TV show, and I figured, you know, hey man, he's eighteen, nineteen, I'll do it. Well, you know what? Not knowing that it was going to basically ruin his life, because yeah, because what it did, it just made him this teen pop idol ridiculous it basically you know? put him kind of in a box and yeah and he couldn't get out of it because he tried to he tried several times afterwards to to release albums that were a bit more you know 
avant-garde or different or artsy. What, what was interesting was that, you know, while they were doing that hectic filming schedule that evidently television serials like that require, he was like, you know, touring. not getting any sleep. And he was and he was also trying to support the show by tours and other things. But he would run back and forth from shooting the, uh, the, the show. program and actually record these vocals. I mean, he would literally record master vocals in like two or three passes and then go back to shooting the show. It's crazy what, what he was able to accomplish. You making Dark Side of the Moon. Come on, man. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. But uh, some of those records are really sophisticated and really cool, really good. You know. Well, yeah. Well, it's, you know, the guys producing the records. It's kind of the cool. ultimate in commercial pop music at that time. Well, and it... it- and I think it could be interesting, too, just in the sense of I know he was kind of put into this box, but like what could have his career actually like been if they actually allowed him to get out of that box and do a couple of like darker, non-poppy things like that? It may it, it may never have happened. He tried. I mean, I think that I, I usually yeah, he take, quit the show and, and like, and, you know, yeah, he, he quit the show. He ended the show because he, he and he did an infamous Rolling Stone, couple right. infamous Rolling Stone interviews it where showed, he talked about a lot of things that would right. have not been kosher for the for the network. You know, I, I know another guy who, who, who suffered from that, which I think um, was Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield was another one who like, you know, did, did a couple of pop records. Talented Jesse's dude, Girl, too. Yeah. And um yeah. And, and, you know, he was just shoved into this box of being a, an acute, you know, pop idol, you know. And then I even went to see him with my old girlfriend because she, she loved him back in the 80s. You know, she, um, you know, we went and saw him. He was, he was good. You know, he was a good live pop performer. But then, like, I think his father died. And so she wrote this album about the heart and about really this artsy record. And nobody cared because nobody what happens is. What they wanted is Jesse's girl. The young people who dig him don't want to hear that stuff because they, right. they just want the pop. And the real cool people don't want to take him seriously because he's that pop guy. So he's, yeah. he's stuck in the middle. So you never really get out of it. It's hard, you know? The Beatles were lucky, man. The Beatles were just like, they started as the Jonas Brothers, if you ask me. But then they just evolved with their audience and they went with them. And then by the end, they're doing like, you know, Tomorrow Never Knows and Strawberry Fields. Like, okay, this is cool. Transcendental stuff. Right. They're just doing it. So for some reason, they were able to just, and then Lennon, you know, I don't know. So who knows? By all accounts, I think David Cassidy was probably pretty sad dude later in life. And I think he struggled with addiction. And But, you know, I always kind of play the devil's advocate. I always kind of feel like it's like, you know, what would it be like to be on the cover of Tiger Beat and have people chase you through holiday inns for you know the majority of and this your was, life this I mean, was this was pre you can't complain much right this was pre-internet and social media this was like right so these know, before, were truly stalker fans like yeah this is before Papa Rocksteady. <laughs> yeah. this was like he was like you know he was David no it's Cassidy. just being famous you know yes I mean, but stupid like, famous for a while I've I've always kind of you know questioned how miserable you can be and be famous like that you know it's gotta be i'm sorry you know i guess now i'm older maybe when i'm 20 but even even as i just sort of thing with justin bieber the day where he's talking to this like camera guy going hey buddy i'm just trying to go shopping and he's trying to be just nice to the guy she listen man i'm just trying to go shopping like what are you doing and the guy goes well i'm taking pictures of you he goes yeah i, I get it but, but you got him already you know i'm here talking to you. you got enough can't you leave me alone i'm just trying to go shopping i'm just trying to have a nice day i don't need you i don't need you you know follow me around he goes yeah, man, but you know your fans. He goes, my fans have enough. 
You know, can you just give me a day? Yeah, like, I don't know. I, you know, where, where was he? Was he on Sunset Strip? or? No, where, he was just in a mall in, somewhere in L.A. or was something. Was he in uh, Des Moines, Iowa? He could probably go shopping in Des Moines, Iowa if he wanted to. My point being, I think it's a small price to pay for having a lot of money and a lot of uh, you know, adoration. I don't, yeah, again, you say that, I don't, you know, I don't know, but... I love my anonymity. That's one thing where I guess, you know, being like Brad Pitt's got to be bizarre. Paul McCartney, everywhere you go, it's like this big deal. Like you're walking into Starbucks, it's Paul McCartney. You're walking into Dwayne Reed, it's Paul McCartney. Like everywhere. Yeah, well, yeah, well, McCartney, I get, you know. Well, but, but I mean, those, these Justin, people that are bigger than Justin life. Justin Bieber you know? is kind of like that in, in his ilk. He's huge or, or a Kardashian, whatever these famous people are. It's got to be bizarre. You well, know, I always I, tell the story about. Uh, I, I think I think you have to be smart about where you go. If that's a problem, then I guess you have to accept it. But I remember uh, sitting next to Nicole Kidman and Keith um, Urban at the at 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 Bongo Java, and absolutely nobody came up to them. You know, nobody bothered them. It yeah, was, well, certain cities, was, Nashville's cool that way. So, you know, and but um, yeah, maybe so. I don't know. Is it really worth it? I think it is. I think it's always worth it. I guess you, know? you don't know unless you're it. You know, it's the kind of thing you don't know until it happens. Like, oh, sure, sure, fame is great. You get tape, you get tables. You know, you get you know special treatment. I guarantee that George Clooney never waits at the dentist. You know, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? the well, dentist like probably that. comes to him, <laughs> right, or whatever. So stuff like that is great, but just day to day nonsense. It's got to. It might be annoying. I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, that's why, true. like mentally, like some people just can't handle that as well because it takes a toll on them and they just don't want it, which is why they go and become recluses and get out of the spotlight too. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> if somebody wants to make me insanely famous for a year, I'll try it. That's good. So anything else? Didn't you get to anything, Nicole? Well, I mean, another week has gone by and another music award show has happened with... What, what, with another award show? <laughs> another award, the weekly award shows. Um, so the CMT Awards happened last night on CBS, apparently. And lo and behold, 12 hours before this thing is supposed to go on, one of the hosts, Kelsey Ballerini, test positive for COVID. So she had to virtually co-host from her home. <laughs> So ridiculous. I, and, uh, you know, the funny part I, is I normally can scroll social media and like pick up on certain things just based off of what people are reporting. No one reported, at least in the, in the places I follow in Nashville, the CMT Awards last night. So it's really shocking. I think that uh, I read someplace where the Grammys, nobody watched the Grammys. It's becoming like Wayne's World. It's uh, like- yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody watched CMT. I mean, it's like, it's really... It's rather shocking uh, how little people care about this stuff. Well, I don't. I don't agree. It's that. I don't agree. It's exactly I don't, that. I don't think they care. I think there's just so many other options. Right. People don't care anymore. It's not that they don't care. There's just so many options. Because if you think about it, in the 1960s and 70s, they didn't have Netflix well, and yeah, Prime. I, I, and I, all I those don't think they don't that... care, Greg. I think, like she says, they don't have to watch it that night. You know, they they watch it the next day, or they scroll and look at it on social media, and they just watch the clips, and they just watch. Or they follow their favorite band who's there, and they just watch right. it through their highlights. Yeah, because so. no one wants to watch that whole show anyway, so they give. Just want to see the the music performances. Yeah, see, see, I don't go- think that I, I, the reason I say they don't care is because they don't want it presented to them in that way. You know, maybe I'm following one of those acts that was on last night. I'll get you know what I want to see of the performance from his social media people 
or her social media people. Yeah, because like she said, because there's so much choices. That's now. exactly what, she, what I just said. Meaning, yeah, well. meaning like back, back, back in the day, it was the only place you could see it. So you had to sit through the whole thing, you know, and then we got the VCR, then we could record it and scroll through that it. That scarcity thing, but mm -hmm. make no mistake, they're still charging a fair amount of money for you to advertise your product oh, in front absolutely. of, uh, you know, so, I mean, I, I think it's a little disingenuous. You know what? Mm -hmm. After hearing that, it makes me, makes me smile. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm getting sick of this. Let, yeah, let, let's yeah, yeah. let's play another song by by Corey. By Corey, let's play um, Break you're of. You're all about the gimmicks this week, <laughs> yeah. Carl. Uh, let's play Corey's new single, Break of Dawn, which released uh, on March 29th. Um, and before we listen to that, we will hear a little bit from his publicity company, Publicity Nation PR. This episode features an artist from Publicity Nation PR. Publicity Nation PR is a music, entertainment, and lifestyle public relations and artist development agency based in Nashville, Tennessee. They are an industry leader in music and entertainment publicity, artist development, branding, and commercial projects for artists, entertainers, entrepreneurs, and social influencers. Their drive, dedication, and exemplary work ethic leads the way to their client success. For more information, go to publicitynation.com. Again, that is publicitynation.com. I think 
Reminds me of like um, 70s Stephen Bishop, yeah. on and on. Remember that stuff? Yeah, Stephen Bishop, Michael Franks, you know, there was, right, a, whole, right, right, there was right, a whole group of guys that were like, they just keyed on those vocals and their, their voices sound so nice that, yeah, they just need to keep, uh, they can ride that to the bank. I mean, he's a good singer and you can tell that he's singing harmony with himself on that track and it's cool, cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, what, what I was doing before I started, you know, thinking I could be an artist, I was in rock bands and stuff and I never thought I could sing because... I, I came up in the days when it was like Boston and Yes, and like these guys were like singing in the atm- in in the stratosphere, like mother, yeah. you know, like yeah. and like Journey and all these like belters and stuff, and I couldn't do it. But then like punk happened, like oh, you know what? Yeah, I, I can do this. <laughs> I, can right. I think I can sing. You know, I've always really liked the the uh, the quality in your voice, but it isn't. It's, there's no way it's falsetto. You know, that's that's for sure. <laughs> it was a Bowie voice, or a, or a, or yeah. an Elton John voice, or a Lennon voice. It wasn't like a a Steve Perry voice, like or a Brad Delp. You mentioned yes. I wanted to give a shout out this week to something that uh, I heard about yesterday or the day prior. You mentioned yes. John Anderson has always been. I've always really enjoyed his career. He was the lead vocalist in Yes. And um, I didn't realize John Anderson is nearing 80 years old. Right. Okay. Uh, he is still singing really, really well. And he did something very cool. These he days he's imp- really close to the edge. <laughs> he, yeah, yeah, you got that right. He has, uh, he's got a, he had an extraordinarily different vocal range and a really super unique voice. And as a lead singer, he was very ethereal and he made those. I don't think he sang falsetto. I think he just sang high. Yeah. He's, I mean, he, he's just got his own, his own thing going on and has had for what, 40 years, but. Well, that was a band. See, I was a yes guy. You know, I loved yes. I Man, I, I, I loved yes, but they were very, very progressive and very experimental. But uh, I just wanted to mention him because I heard yesterday that he has embarked on a 30-show national tour, and his backing band is this thing called Paul Green Rock Academy. So he is an 80-year-old performer who's, who's been on some of the largest stages in the world, right. and his backing band is a group of gifted musician students that go to this music school in Norwalk, Connecticut, called the Paul Green Rock Academy. It is just amazing to see super young people that are talented. Are they doing yes? They're doing yes, man. And it's just really encouraging and inspiring. We'll put a link up to uh, one of the tracks that showed up on YouTube a, a few days ago. Very uplifting. So that's so basically that's it's cool. School of Rock with Yes. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's kind of like School of Rock with Yes. Yeah, exactly. So Okay. Yeah, All right, put some we, links up. Didn't we speak to a uh, Corey? We did speak to Corey. Um so he answered our questions of the week. 
There it is. But before uh, we have him answer, the reason that we are speaking to him this month is because April is Autism Awareness Month, and he is an autism advocate and a huge social media influencer as well as a musician. So his newest single, Break of Dawn, coincides with his first single, which we played at the beginning of the show, Someone, and it kind of is a storytelling of him being unique and different and wanting to find somebody, and Break of Dawn is the fact that he did find somebody. So I'm interested to hear his perspective on all of this. Well, let's hear what he has to say Mm -hmm. about it. Well, my name is Corey Singer. Uh, I am a singer-songwriter, something I've been doing for nine years now. I uh, released a single recently called Break of Dawn, which you could all check out on Spotify, Apple Music, all that. You go to my website, CoreySinger.com. It can take you to all the streaming services. And also, very importantly, I am an autism advocate. I post TikTok videos talking about my personal experience being on the autism spectrum. Because growing up, I had a lot of questions that I never could have answered because there wasn't that much great information about autism out there. And so, hey, I'll just give my perspective. And, you know, I, I did a funny video am I, about having autism. And my TikTok blew up and I figured, oh, I might be onto something. And so I'm very proud of the advocacy work I do in the autism community. And I'm very proud of the music that I put out and everything I've been doing. So that's, uh, that's a little bit about myself. That's pretty cool. The fact that he's bringing awareness to it and he's able to do it in his own unique, you know, funny way and he's getting people to relate to that. I think that's awesome. It's true. Like, you know, the more we know about things, the less we're afraid of things, the less we're, you know, um, I don't know. So all the power to him. So what else do we ask him? So the second question we asked him is what music projects are you currently working on right now? Well, right now I'm promoting my newest single, Break of Dawn, which Again, you can find it on all streaming services. Uh, I'm very proud of it. It's a song I wrote with a girl in England. We wrote it via FaceTime. And it was really fun, and I'm always working on other music. Currently, I'm teaching myself to play the piano. I just finished up my third month of learning. I'm in month four right now. Uh, it's a challenge, but I wanted to up my songwriting game and you know, improve as a musician and a songwriter. And always as well. You know, it's Autism Awareness Month, and I'm posting a lot of autism content on TikTok and, you know, putting out as much funny and useful information out there as I can. I am always working. You know, I, I barely have a break, and but I'm doing things that I love. So that's 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 always fun. And that's always great. I think that's something everyone always aims for. Yeah, I think when you do what you love, you're not really working because I've never worked a day in my life, really. I've been doing stuff, but I don't consider it work. So I, I see what he's saying. It's great. Carl, do you do you consider yourself a piano player? Um, I'm a proficient, you know, piano. I, I'm not, no, I'm not a piano player. Do you do you write on piano? Sometimes, sometimes I do. I remember a few weeks back you played some old demos that are probably thirty or forty years old. That they were. It sounded like you were, you know, kind of doing the thing on the piano. Well, I never took lessons. What happened was this, this woman down the block. I remember this day. This is the funniest thing. I forget her name, but she was selling her house. She's a friend of my mother's, and they had this old upright Krakauer upright piano. I remember. And uh, well, you know, she goes, you know, what did you want the piano? I said, well, we're gonna throw it out. Do you want it? I go, yeah. I go, how can we get it? So of course, never having any money. And it had wheels on it, I swear to God. So me and my friend Gary and my Uncle Eddie <laughs> took his, like, 67 Biscayne wagon with, 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 with a chain and a rope, and we actually got the piano out of her back room, 
took it out to the street and pulled it down the street on on, on its wheels. <laughs> wow. And then the thing is getting it into my house. <laughs> that was because this is not like a little thing. This is like an old upright piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just taught myself how to play. Like my left hand just plays the bass note and my right hand can do a little doodling around, you know, like but nothing. Well, he said he's teaching himself and I you know, it's always kind of been a bucket list thing for me. I'd like to have, there are about eight or 10 tunes that I would love to be able to sit down and just play the chords for. And so I, I probably should sit this, down this with somebody. This is what I'm Never too now. old to learn, Greg. I'm wondering, is he learning on the piano or is he learning on a keyboard? Because if oh. he's learning on a keyboard, it's a whole different thing. Like, And also, okay, now they have 86 weighted keys, full size. That's different. But there's something about playing a piano as opposed to playing a keyboard. I'm sorry, they're different. No, that no. makes sense. There's nothing like playing a piano. A so anyway, piano. so what else did we ask uh, Corey? So we asked Corey, what current music artists have inspired your career so far? Well, there's a lot. I come from a heavy theater background, so Stephen Sondheim most definitely is the biggest one. George Hearn, who is a famous Broadway singer. Uh, David Carroll, who's also another great famous Broadway singer. Uh, in terms of artists, Glenn Hansard is one of my favorite songwriters of all time. He is actually the reason I even picked up a guitar. Who else? The Beatles, of course. They're arguably the greatest band ever. And they're, they're, it's just their songs are perfect. And I take a lot of inspiration from them. Neil Young, also another, you know, one of my heroes. My dad introduced me to Neil Young. Queen, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Aerosmith. Stevie Wonder. I grew up listening to Stevie Wonder and Journey, those two in particular. And, you know, music has just been around me all my life. But of the people I listed, Pearl Jam, of course, is one of my favorite bands of all time. And I'm always finding new inspiration from all places. The inspiration never stops. Like, every time I find someone I never heard of, whether old or new, they inspire me and bring something out in me. So... You know, but growing up, you know, the people I've listed were my main inspirations. Excellent answers. Excellent answers. Excellent. And it's the second time we've ever heard someone say the Beatles, even though we talk about them every episode. No, but <laughs> but again, which I'm amazed at. The Red the Hot Chili week, Peppers. The Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> What's with the Red Hot? I go, who the hell gets Stephen Sondheim and the Red Hot Chili Peppers? <laughs> three three, three days ago, I read an article that said that the Red Hot Chili Peppers' new album is the highest grossing or best selling album of 2022. I mean, they are just since well, they sold the their catalog, actually... they can do no wrong, I guess. You know you what? Know? Maybe we so... need to do some research and next episode we all bring our thoughts on this red hot chili peppers. <laughs> yes, I, I maybe I will. Maybe I'll, I'll break yeah. down and actually listen to some music. So let's see what he thinks success is. Yes. Okay. Just doing it full time. Not having to work a, a nine to five to support yourself while doing it. You know, just being able to get paid and get by doing what you love. I think that's what a successful music career or any career in general, that's what a great, that that's the foundation of it. So that's what a successful music career looks like to me. I want to tour the world. I want to share my art with people. And it's not so much for the fame part. I'm just a creative person. And I just want to be able to share what I create with people. So, and then we asked him about, what was, what was our final question we asked? What are your thoughts on the music discovery process today? It's really hard. You know, some people, they get lucky right off the bat. And some people have to just work and hustle and grind. 
you know, it's difficult. You know, I'm I'm in the work hustle and grind aspect, but I'm I'm happy to pay my dues. You know, I'm and I'm it's hard on a lot of days, but I enjoy it. Part of it can be a little harder due to the internet. I mean, back then in the 70s and 80s when you had all these big famous artists, you know, they didn't have as much competition with the internet and what have you. But now we do. So, it could be a little hard or harder to get discovered when there's so much music out there, but also there's so much music out there, which is also a good thing. Your music is bound to resonate with someone, and that's that's all you could ever hope for. He's not wrong. This whole music discovery thing, every time I even hear the term, I just I, I go off to another place to contemplate how we fix this stuff. You go into you know, the void. I, daily, I think about somebody that never got the attention that they deserve because they're quite brilliant at what they've done or what they do. Yeah, but, uh, that, but, that, but that, yeah, you can't go by that because there have been people know, in the 60s who, who didn't get the difficult. attention they deserved. And, and it's not like only now that no one's, you know. I like music. I love music. Uh, it, it has pulled me off a hundred ledges in my, in my lifetime. And I, um, I'm not interested in engaging in the critique. I just want to find stuff that appeals to me. Anyway, you think we're done? No, we're done. We're done. (laughs) We are so done. We're so done. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. Make sure that you listen all the way through because we have one more song by Corey called Somebody's Heart. For everything that we talked about, we will link it in the show notes, which is at our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. From the moment I saw you standing there my world had changed forever My lonely heart was getting stronger I knew we were meant to be together You make me feel tall You pull me up when I feel small You make me feel tall Ooh, no one had ever been able to make me feel like I can leave a mark on somebody's heart It's funny how love can find a way It's funny how love can find you now When I saw your face, my troubles went away Let's make this a magic moment Last forever Ooh, forever mm. Forever and ever Is all I'm asking for So this feeling
Make this a magic moment Last forever